This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. You're listening to Sports Better's Paradise on the Bet Rivers Network. All right, we're playing for keeps now here in college football. Yes, indeed, we are glad if we can talk about real football. Seven games on the week zero schedule from the uh, from the mainland out to Dublin, Ireland. Yes, that was Northwestern's only win. It's been a couple of years since they won one uh, here on the mainland. Paul Stone, after a wonderful 2022, uh, you know, we uh, uh, we were 54% overall, but mainly because Paul Stone was 32 and 21, 60.3%. Anything over 60%. Don't forget the loudmouths who are trying to sell you picks. 60.3%. I don't know anybody who does this for real. Uh, that wouldn't take that. So once again, congratulations on a great season last year. Not too late. Um, Paul Stone, myself, uh, others, Bruce Marshall, uh, we've kind of done a lot of the legwork and kind of condensed our information, the most pertinent information in our college football conference previews and some win totals and, and other things to look at. One last chance as we get into the uh, the real season, Paul, uh, but you know, off-season notes or things that we need to know or maybe just a reminder of something so pertinent that we have to know when we're talking about trying to handicap this college football season. Yeah, well, good to be with you this week, uh, Jimmy. And we do finally have uh, college football coming up, so it's a really exciting time. You know, just a few pointers that I would pass on to the the listeners and viewers out there. You know, first of all, I, you know, we, we do have such a um, an excitement buildup for those of us who love college football and, and perhaps betting on college football. But don't let that excitement get the best of you. You know, you got to dip your feet uh, in the water you know, the first week, uh, week zero, week one, early on, you don't want to dive kamikaze style, you know, head first off the high diving board, you know, into the deep water right off the bat. So, you know, manage yourself, uh, you know, be aggressive when you need to, uh, but show some discipline. Uh, I would say uh, certainly uh, as a power rankings guy with the transfer portal fueled largely by NIL, you know, it result, it's resulted in essentially year-round free agency. So where I'm going with this is, one, you know, a team's roster can be extensively made over from one season to the next. I've been doing power ratings for over 30 years. It used to be in the old days, especially if you felt confident about your ratings, knew the brand pretty well. After just one result, you wouldn't move no matter how poorly or how much that team exceeded perhaps – uh, your uh, your power rating, you would not adjust their power rating up or down by more than three or four points. I think with today's transfer portal, the way these rosters can be made over, I mean, I don't even have lost count on how many new players Colorado will have this year, maybe 60, 65 new players on the 85 roster limit. So I, I would double that. I mean, you might move, you know, you're not going to do this on many teams, but you might move a team, you know, six or seven points perhaps, because you just really don't know. We can take educated guesses, but you really don't know 
uh, until you see that team, uh, that production on the field. So whereas I preach uh, a conservative approach mostly, uh, be aggressive if you keep power ratings. And even if you don't keep power ratings, you know, manually on paper or on computer or however, you've got some thought in your mind. So even if it's just a mental note, uh, don't be afraid to adjust that. You know, the offseason, I think one key injury uh, that, that really uh, is significant, especially from a betting standpoint, uh, is the health of Utah quarterback Cam Rising. Uh, he tore his ACL on the bowl game last year against Penn State. Uh, he has not returned yet to full workouts. Uh, you know, he, he's not gone uh, all out, clearly, and they're, uh, they're opener only 10 days away. So um, you got to wonder if he's going to play start uh, coming up uh, next uh, Thursday, the 31st, at home against Florida, and I really don't think he is. And if he misses more than one game, I mean, you look at their September schedule for Utah, Florida, Baylor, UCLA, and Oregon State all in September. That's a tough schedule. And not only might Rising miss a game or two or perhaps more, their backup, Brandon Rose, going to be out for a while, possibly the whole season. So their starter could be on August 31st versus Florida, third-team quarterback Bryson Barnes. So I think that's worth uh, keeping an eye on. And then certainly, uh, you know, a lot of people ask me about realignment. I'll just touch on this. From the standpoint of, of handicapping this season, you know, it doesn't really make much difference. I mean, I, I think you can get into the emotion side of it, a team leaving or teams leaving like USC and UCLA uh, to the Big Ten, Texas and Oklahoma to the SEC. I don't know how much that really factors in. You know, I don't, you know, like most people, I don't like the changes, but they're not going to call me. So, uh, you know, I know that there's going to be there's going to be games to handicap this year. There's going to be games to handicap next year and there'll be games to handicap five years from now. So uh, as a handicapper, I like to say I can either get bitter or I can get better. So I try to stay focused on the latter. So realignment doesn't really factor too much into my weekly uh, handicap of the card. I think this year, one last thought kind of on offseason and preparation and so forth. This year, you've got three of the major players in recent years, Georgia, Ohio State, and Alabama, all featuring first-time starting quarterbacks. And only one of those, Georgia, has announced their starting quarterback for 2023, at least in the opener, to this point. So I think with uh, these teams, these powerhouses, having questions at quarterback, all of which you know won't be – answered to their coach's satisfaction, it opens the door for someone outside the usual suspects to perhaps qualify for the four-team postseason playoff party. I think it could perhaps be a Southern Cal, uh, maybe a Texas, maybe even a Penn State. And certainly while LSU has been <laughs> included recently and won the national championship in 2019, uh, LSU is certainly a player uh, in the mix as well. So it'll be really interesting season. And I think we're going to have at least one team uh, of the four this year in the final year of the four-team playoff uh, that's not just those usual guys that are in each and every year. Very good. Uh, you know, and Paul, I'm no team doctor. We don't play one on the podcast, but uh, haven't had three ACL repair surgeries. And uh, one of those three was a multi-ligament repair. Nine months is kind of the standard these days it was 12 months it was six months that was too much they've settled at nine months nine months is october 1st 
from when Cam Rising, you know, uh, went down with the ACL uh, in the Rose Bowl against Penn State. So you're pushing it. So that's funny that you talked about the September schedule. So and then after the nine months, you got to get hit and kind of get over the mental hump of the trust of twists and pivots with that knee as well. So that Cam Rising thing is very much what happened in that Rose Bowl when he went down. That it was done. I mean, this was going to be. It was from. It was you know you know you know shot punch and counterpunch. This was going to be a classic, and then. You know, they just couldn't keep up with the scoring uh, once their starting quarterback rising went down. And we know before he got there, I mean, Charlie Brewer had started a couple of games. He came in and turned their season around. So, no, man, he's a he's a competitor. He means a lot. He's their leader, man. And when, and when they needed a two-point conversion with everything on the line at Salt Lake City against USC – you know, it was him uh, that did it on uh, with his own legs. So, you no, know, there's a. I love watching him play. There's no doubt. But that's not, that's awfully ambitious to expect him back, healthy, available to play, and also mentally 100% trusting that knee as well. That Cam Rising thing is very, very important. Now you said about so don't get too excited. Well, we're all excited, Paul. We want action on all the games, right? But anything special, week zero. That, uh, you know, because it's so early uh, and we'll get to your pick and, uh, and also an analysis of Notre Dame and, and Navy. But anything special that this week zero has taught us? You know, not off the right off the top of my head. Obviously, the, these teams started uh, practicing a, a little bit earlier than the others. So uh, they're on the same uh, pace as far as the number of, of preseason workouts. I know a lot of people look at the schedule and other than Navy and Notre Dame, you know, they kind of scoff at it and think it's not uh, good football. But, I mean, I'm intrigued by UTEP at Jacksonville State. Uh, Jacksonville State got their uh, quarterback, uh, Webb's got an additional year approved by the NCAA. Be interesting to see what Jacksonville State out of the state of Alabama does in year one in FBS. Uh, UTEP's one of the uh, teams that I believe I – recommended to go over five and a half wins here on Bet Rivers. Uh, really intrigued about this UTEP team. I wouldn't be surprised if they finished second behind Western Kentucky in Conference USA. So that's a very intriguing game to me. Uh, we're going to talk about Navy, Notre Dame, and I'm going to have a selection or maybe even more than one selection on Ohio at uh, San Diego State there uh, at Snapdragon Stadium on Saturday night. A very intriguing game uh, in my mind. And be interesting, you know, San Jose State's not going to be a true litmus test for the USC Trojans on Saturday night, but will be interesting to at least get a look uh, at that retooled Trojan defense and, and how much better they are. I know a lot of people are skeptical uh, about how much improvement they'll show, but based on the personnel additions, I think they're going to be significantly better, and I really think they've got an excellent shot at making that four-team playoff. So I'll be interested uh, to watch even more so than that highly – a powerful USC offense, a look at their new look uh, defense there uh, at USC. All right, let's look at the game that you really like in uh, week zero, and that is San Diego State at their new, relatively new, Snapdragon Stadium. We had a chance to go uh, check out a game over the summer there, a soccer match. Uh, minus three at home against uh, Ohio from the MAC. The total is 50, Paul. Yeah, I'm going to start with the uh, total, which I like a, a little bit more. And uh, San Diego State, you know, in recent years, it's no secret, they've attempted uh, to win football games using what I call old-school methods. You know, they like to have a strong running game. They like to win the turnover battle. They like to play sound defense. 
Uh, as a result, they've typically played a slower tempo. Uh, their games are shorter. Uh, last year, for instance, they averaged 131 total plays a game between their plays and their opponents' plays, 131. The average game, about 140 plays last year in college football. They only throw the ball about 45% of the time, so that's part of that as well. You look at the, the defense, they do only return six defensive starters. They've got to replace their entire front three, but the Aztecs have allowed an average of 20.5 points per game or fewer in each of the last four years. And as good as their defense has been the last several years, their offense, not so good. Uh, over the last five years, total offense, they've averaged 351 yards or less, so not a whole lot of offense. Uh, their top returning uh, rusher only had 313 yards last year. Their top returning receiver in terms of yards only had 349 yards last year. Uh, their quarterback, Jalen Maiden, from here in my home state of uh, Texas, from the Dallas-Fort Worth area, he's more of a runner, more of an athlete right now than a complete quarterback. Uh, so it's difficult to envision, from my perspective, the Aztecs being much more prolific offensively than in their recent past. Also, in games featuring a total of 48 or more points over the uh, past six seasons, so a closing total of 48 or higher, the higher the total rather currently 50 there at Bet Rivers. San Diego State, 23 and five to the under when the total is 48 or higher. So I like that game to go under 50 in that San Diego State, Ohio game. And then looking at the same game, I make sides and totals on, on all games. And I'll acknowledge that I missed on this game slightly. I made this, this game line uh, side and total months ago, but I made San Diego State closer to six. Uh, Ohio State, uh, Ohio rather, University did win 10 games last year, capped by the 30 to 27 bowl win over Wyoming in the Arizona Bowl. Uh, they expect to have a healthy Curtis Rourke uh, under center on Saturday night at Snapdragon Stadium. Uh, but, and, you know, he's, he's a big time quarterback, no question about it. Before he tore his ACL last year against Ball State, he threw for almost 3,300 yards completed about 68% of his throws, had a 39 to 11 touchdown to interception ratio, was ultimately named the Mid-American Conference's Offensive Player of the Year. Uh, a lot of talent there at quarterback. But despite Rourke's talent, the number, San Diego State minus three, just seems a little bit cheap to me. The number of three, first of all, examining that line, it essentially reflects uh, that the teams are considered even on a neutral field, my power rankings have San Diego State slightly higher. Three other sources that I rely on for comparison also have San Diego State slightly higher. So uh, basically just based on the number, and sometimes that's what you look at. You look at the number, just doesn't look right, doesn't feel right. I think it's a little bit low. Take San Diego State minus a field goal over Ohio on Saturday night. Yeah, I've got an angle, too, when you talk about covering college football for uh, over 30 years here in the Deep South professionally. Uh, you know, I, I hear it over and over. You know, people are watching game. Oh, they, you know, their defense looked pretty good, but I don't know about their offense. Uh, the defenses are ahead of the offenses, especially with so much turnover in personnel, lack of continuity. I mean, for every North Carolina Appalachian State game, there's uh, you know, a lot of Ohio State, Notre Dame's, and Florida, Miami, and this and that. So, and then when Florida State and Miami, with all those athletes in the field, 
I mean, a first down was like an act of Congress, you know, during those games. I'm glad they got that off of Labor Day night. But I call it the week of ugly offensive football in college football. First games, whether it's week zero or week one, the defenses are ahead of the offenses. So don't overreact to how poor some of the – yeah, a guy like Nick Saban, he knows a little bit about football. It's always said you make your biggest improvement from week one to week two or game one to game two uh, as far as your offensive execution as well. The most high-profile game is out in Dublin and the new look uh, Navy – I'm sorry, um, well, Notre Dame offense – Got a quarterback, man. I'd say they were the biggest winner in the quarterback uh, aspect, that position in the transfer portal. A major upgrade. We love Sam Hartman. Be interesting because he ran such that, that mesh offensive scheme in that protection system, which he, you know, he and, uh, and other quarterbacks have mastered perfectly. But I got to expect a lot more firepower, even in week zero, where maybe it's a. This one I'm looking for, and look, and even when they were struggling to win, they just they just beat up South Carolina running a football uh, in their bowl game. Notre Dame should outclass Navy in this one, but then again, Navy has their way, huh, Paul, of kind of hanging around uh, in these uh, in this series. In this one, you don't have a pick, but right now at Bed Rivers, 20 and a half, 51 and a half. Give us some angles and some thoughts to help us out in our own handicapping of this Notre Dame Navy game. Yeah, this undoubtedly, uh, Jimmy, as you said, is the marquee game of week zero. And both teams have a, a new look, so to speak. You mentioned Sam Hartman uh, in five years there at Wake Forest threw for almost 13,000 yards. So uh, a, lot of, a lot of productivity there. But he's got new uh, teammates now. He's got a new scheme. Uh, so he's, you know, a first-time starting quarterback at Notre Dame, no question about it. And it seems like it was about 10 years ago, and I don't think I'm incorrect in saying this, but there was a time – Several years ago, I think that Jamie Newman uh, started over Sam Hartman uh, there at Wake Forest. A little blast from the past there. But uh, here we are today, Notre Dame and Navy this Saturday. Navy, their newness is their new head coach, Brian Newberry, uh, who served for as defensive coordinator there for four years uh, before uh, Coach Ken uh, got terminated after losing to Army at the end of the 2022 season. You look at Navy, this offense has really been pedestrian the last three years. Uh, they've scored 20 points or fewer in 18 of their past 25 games. Um, again, it's been about that quarterback position. Just hadn't got solid production. Uh, staff uh, indicates they're going to throw the ball more, but that's kind of like basketball teams that say they're going to run it more. Sometimes they do, sometimes they don't. So we'll keep our eyes open and maybe believe it when we see it. In this type of game against a Power 5 team with superior athletes, Navy and the other service academies, mostly for the large part, they traditionally lack the athletes in the back four uh, to defend high-powered, you know, power five passing attacks. Uh, and as a result, uh, you know, they give up some points. In their last 10 meetings against Notre Dame, I think it's important to note they've given up an average of 38.4 points per game. So they've had trouble slowing down the Irish. They do return, though, nine starters defensively, including their entire secondary. So that's the strength of this uh, Navy team is that defense. And they could, could present a little bit of a sterner test uh, against a Notre Dame team again, uh, which enters the season with a new quarterback. Uh, so to speak, and not really any clear go-to wide receivers. Their top receiver last year was tight end Michael Mayer, obviously off to the NFL. Don't really have any big-time wide receivers. Don't really have any playmakers to speak of on offense. So it could be an interesting game. You know, a couple of 
weeks ago, really a couple of months ago, I liked the Irish in this game, but I've kind of cooled on Notre Dame. Uh, you know, after a, a closer uh, examination, um, the jury in my mind is still out on the young, likable Marcus Freeman without question. It's a small sample size, but he's three and six against the spread as the betting favorite to this point in his career. They lost last season as more than two touchdown favorites to both Marshall and Stanford. A similar situation here. This game's going to start Saturday afternoon in the States, but will be Saturday night, 7.30 p.m. local Dublin time kickoff. Early week weather forecasts show a 50% chance of rain in Dublin on Saturday night. So certainly keep an eye on that. These weather forecasts can change very quickly, so that might not be the case when Saturday rolls around. But keep a look on the, on the weather here. No real uh, opinion on it, but what a great way to <clears throat> kick off the 2023 season. Yeah, you mentioned Jamie Newman was playing ahead of Sam Hartman because he was recruited uh, more heavily. Man, once them guys get to college, forget them stars. I mean, throw that in the, in the rear view mirror, man. Uh, we've seen uh, seen a lot of five-star busts and a lot of two-star. Uh, yeah, Justin Jefferson, he's pretty good, two-star. Yeah, he's not bad. So, uh, they uh, a lot to be talked about. I, I think this would – I would I would lean toward the over, too, but, I, I mean, a guard against, you know, okay, is it going to have to work some kinks out? You know, with the you know in the first game of the season, got a lot of betting options also available uh, at Bet Rivers. You got the individual team totals as well, uh, first teams to score. You know, period, 15, 20, 25 points, the whole thing. Last team to score, um, and uh, and you know also money line and total bet uh, points uh, parlays as well in game. And one of my favorite is the sliding scale. So whether it's the points. You know, you can buy the half. You can go, you can, you know, get Notre Dame to, uh, you know, if you want to try and go for some, you know, for a score at uh, minus 26 at plus 75, you could take them at minus 15, minus 195. The slide scale is something that is unique uh, to a bet reverse uh, betters as well. Looking forward to it, Paul Stone. Excellent season last year. Let's get off to a great start this year as well. He'll be with us all college football season long, giving out his best bets right here in the Sports Betters Paradise. For Paul Stone, I'm Jimmy Ott on the Sports Betters Paradise on the Bet Rivers Network.